Spoiler alert, Slash Paradise encourages viewers to watch these horror films before listening to our show. Danny and Lance will go through everything, including filmmaking, dialogue, characters, and even full scene breakdowns when we get excited. Enjoy the show. With his red right hand, Jiffy Pop and Jiffy Pop. You want some Jiffy Pop? Didn't you already ask me this? Yes, but now I did it better. I went better this time. Oh, so this is the the sequel. It's the sequel to what I said last time. The when we did Scream. So this is Scream Two. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher's Paradise. That's Danny. I'm Lance. Today we are talking about Scream Two. Numero dos. We're back in it. We're jumping back into. We're. Do- it's a deep dive, right, into the franchise. Into the franchise, and we got to start with the sequel. And Danny. We, we talked about this in the first movie. You gotta have a sequel. You gotta have a sequel. Because let's face it, baby. These days, you gotta, you gotta have a sequel. Uh, you do have to have a sequel. Because if it's good, why wouldn't we want more? Exactly. And especially if you already planned on having a sequel when you wrote the first one. So it's safe to say a movie that deals with horror tropes is going to deal with continuous horror tropes which is absolutely if we struck lightning let's go try and do it again every horror franchise that you and i love lance as obviously indicated here in the beautiful slashes paradise has a a sequel to it even teen wolf got a sequel to it unfortunately it did yeah (gasps) uh starring jason bateman that's true. It was Jason <laughs> Bateman. Oh my goodness! But 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 wow! We digress. We are jumping back into uh, the Scream franchise, yes. and uh, I actually would like to thank you guys for coming back into this with us. Thank you, slashers. Thank what do you. you. Think? What do you, you think? We call people. We could call people slashers. It's like a thing. It's a sequel because I did that last time. <laughs> it's all in line right now. I you know everything. It's the sequel. That's what the original title for this movie was actually called. Was Scream the sequel. But Lance, if we're going to do a sequel, we have to be better than the original. So this is us going to attempt to be better than our first podcast episode of the original Scream, which, quite frankly, I felt a little... uh, it was a daunting task, man. It was a very daunting task to to tackle such an iconic movie. What do you think? Uh, yeah, it was a mountainous task. I mean, it took us two episodes to get through it, and I think we still had a lot more to say, like uh, always. Yeah, we're going to try not to uh, <laughs> put you guys through that, but what, But we have established here in the Slasher's Paradise what a fun place that you could come relax with your favorite horror movie icons and such. Yes. Uh, we've established that we're going to attack these franchises, but we're going to do them carefully and if we are thorough and detailed and it's a little long we apologize but so freaking what yes we, we love all love movies, movies. this yes. is slash paradise right we're all here imagine us all on an island and all we can do all day long is talk about horror movies so that's the scenario that we've set up oh it's like uh that that game right uh, uh, uh desert island it's like you could bring you know five movies and what if it's like okay but you could bring five franchises oh Oh my! What the, and that's goodness. where we're at. That's where we're here. So this Jiffy Pop will remain uncooked, um, but uh, we're gonna get cooking. <laughs> I'm killing it. He's killing oh, it. He's I'm killing, killing it. it. All right, Daddy. I want to get right down to it. So let's have our pumpkin spice latte for Scream Two. All right, pumpkin spice latte for Scream Two. Two years after the original slew of murders in Woodsboro, we pick up uh, with Sydney, who is trying to get 
uh, acclimated or, you know, find her footing in college. Uh, there are some returning characters, such as uh, Sidney Prescott, um, Gail Weathers, and Officer Dewey, Dewey. Uh, who's back as well, and Randy, who survived, as you saw at the end of Scream, mm-hmm. uh, but now a slew, another slew of murders, mysterious murders, are happening by someone donning the ghost face costume, and that is... Scream 2. All right. And our breakdown of Scream 2 is released on December 12, 1997, one year after our first movie of Scream. This movie was green lit in the first few weeks of Scream. Uh, and again, it was written by Kevin Williamson, uh, who actually did an outline of this film uh, at the end of his screenplay for Scream. So this was already kind of outlined, kind of ready to go. And then it was greenlit once Scream was starting to become a success. Uh, directing, of course, is Wes Craven. He's back, the man himself. Our budget was $24 million this time, a little bit more. Our box office was $172.4 million a hair, a hair off of the first one. Like, uh, I think the first one was 173. This is 172. A third of this was made in the opening weekend. So that that's how huge this movie was. And then the franchise was now becoming, um, we have MTV that's still relevant and good and uh, part of our culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. The movie stars, I'm just going to go through. Okay. Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Sarah Michelle Gellar. Of course, we mentioned Jamie Kennedy is back. Jada Pinkett Smith. What? Can't wait to talk about her. Uh, Leave Schreiber is back. Uh, Timothy Oliphant, who is more in the beginning of his career, kind of. He's yeah, much he's, younger he's, than you, you probably know him now. Definitely in the beginning. Uh, Jerry O'Connell, big uh, MTV guy. He was actually part of their first uh, produced movie, mm-hmm. uh, Joe's Apartment. Uh, Omar Epps is in this. Elise, Elise Neal is in this. Lori Metcalf from Roseanne. That's wow. Jackie. <laughs> Uh, Heather Graham makes an appearance as well. Tori Spelling, Luke Wilson. My goodness, there are so many people. Uh, one I have to mention is Rebecca Gayhart. Yep. Uh, who auditioned for Tatum the first time around, auditioned for Cece and a couple of other characters in this one, and just kind of got in as a sorority girl. Uh, also, honorable mention, Joshua Jackson is in this, and I mention him because the two of them were in Urban Legend a few years, uh, I think two years later. Oh, yeah. Which is all inspired because of the success of Scream. So, and isn't the other sorority sister, um, Portia de Rossi? Yes, it is. <laughs> wow. What is what a cast? Yes. What a cast. I admittedly don't know a lot of Portia's work, but this is uh, definitely one that I do know. So, there. Yeah. I don't, I, it's funny that you know her name because I was like, I don't recognize her from anything else beyond this, really. Well, she, Mary Tellen, right? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I think that's how I know. Um, um, or most people would. Uh, you know what? Scratch that. I didn't say that. Uh, she's accomplished, and she's in Scream 2, and we love Scream 2, and we love Scream 2. We love Scream 2. Yes, we love Scream 2. Hey! <laughs> yes. I, I, I do love Scream 2. I do. It's not as good as Scream 1, but, like, you know, that's never what... Okay. Some sequels set the tone that they want to surpass the original mm-hmm. what a a task to be to give yourself however that's maybe what creatively i think they want to do but monetarily 
All they want to do is make more money than the original. And you know what? You just mentioned that they came pretty close. Pretty but if close. it was all opening weekend, not to cut you off, but if it was all opening weekend, do you think like word got out that it's like, ah, eh, it's, it's good, but it's not. Well, I mean, that's a good point that you make up because the internet is ablaze when this one comes around. So What's the year again? 1997. Oh, hey. Okay, so here's a, an interesting right, it, fact. It, it's, and real quick, it's two years in in the story, right. but it's only one year in real life. In real life, yep. yes. Um, the fun fact about this is technology, um, caller ID, uh, Star 69, all this phone technology and internet technology tripled from the first movie to the second movie in real life. Oh, that makes way that makes a lot of sense. I'm sure security yes. too. Uh, yeah, like yeah. yeah, all these all these technologies triple. Literally, there's that's the number is it triple within a year. So there's a lot more technology in this one. So also the internet is ablaze, and that kind of leads us to our first horrible fun fact of the day. The the original screenplay of this was actually leaked. Online. Really online, yes. I think I did. I, but but you know. That makes sense because what when you have such a, a, a rabid fandom, which is okay, horror movies in general have a very awesome fandom, which obviously we're a part of. Mm -hmm. uh, but like what you could equate it to nowadays is right, like the superhero movies, the uh, you know the Star Wars and all these movies that have like huge huge fandoms. You're gonna have the people who like will. Oh yeah, I could get the saying. Is it like? Uh, chop off their nose to spite their face yeah yeah they get one. they go too far that they spoil it for themselves and for everyone else but like you know i've never understood that lance i've never understood the idea of go wanting to know so much that you end up spoiling it for yourself and for others because like at that point you're not enjoying it yeah. so like i don't buy that you're a fan i don't know what do you think like uh, right I, i'm the same way like i mean i would never peek at mom and dad's closet for christmas kind of a thing right like yep. you don't i don't want to know i want to know i want to be surprised when i actually see it when I open the package or yes. when I watch the movie. So I was never like that to spoil. I feel like nowadays it's like a business, like media wants to pick those stories out. So people, you know, go crazy over it. But no, sure. unfortunately back then that was kind of, it was kind of a new thing. The internet was pretty, you know, not new at this point, but only three or four years. And now it's becoming a consumer thing. So uh, now it's out there. The ending is out there. The yes. killers are revealed to the world. So we're, we're in this world of now rewrites and secrecy, in filmmaking, so it's down to Kevin Williamson and Wes Craven coming up with surprises. And now there's new scripts being handed out daily to our actors. There's now, like, nobody actually knows who the killer is. We have to reshoot all these things. So you're saying that someone spoiled everything right the killers. away. So who was the original killers? <laughs> well, there's a few stories. There's a few versions of this. Um, the ones that... I've found the the best story that I found was that it was actually going to be Sydney's boyfriend, who is played by Jerry O'Connell, and her roommate. Oh, right, yeah. But also, uh, Lee Shriver, who comes in as Cotton Weary. Cotton Weary, he was going to end up, being, yeah, and oh. and Billy's mom. I mean, we're going. I mean, hopefully you've seen the movie already. But right, look, uh, uh, folks. But it was supposed to be this big conspiracy against Sydney, kind of a thing, like a huge amount of killers, and everyone's out to get her. She can't trust anyone, and that was the original idea. So now we got to do some rewrites, reshoots, and all this kind of stuff. Well, it's also like 
if you make it if you make it the boyfriend again it's like dang girl like nobody you date is going to they're gonna want to kill you like are you that yeah. terrible of a person maybe she's just like terrible in bed lance he's oh, like oh i never want to have sex with this girl again i'm going to kill her or not. no no uh uh but wait wait wait, 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 wait we're, going, we're going too fast we we're are going too fast we're jumping a little a little far ahead i think we're going too fast maybe we just need to slow down let's slow down and take a drink let's take a drink hey cheers cheers Ooh. I like that we uh, took a drink. I wish there was something. Uh, I like those moments. Maybe there's something that can tell us when to take drinks collectively. That's always fun. Do we have something like that? Do we have something like that? It's called a slash word, Danny. Yeah, we have something like that. Yes. We have a game here on Slash's Paradise called the Slash Word, which is a uh, horror take created by us on the very popular uh, game of Password. Basically, when you hear the slash word that will be introduced by a mystery caller mm-hmm. or a special guest caller, when you hear the slash word, take a drink and it could be anything. Water. Okay, it could be anything that you can drink. I don't want people out there drinking Tide Pods or any shit. Oh, you know? Gosh. Uh, water or alcohol. Let's get crazy. Let's get fun. Let's get fucked up. Yes. So today, who is our caller, Danny? Who is calling in for the slash word today? You know, I think he did such a good job, and it is his franchise. I think we should just make sure that uh, old Ghostface calls each time. All right. Ghostface, can we get him on the line, please? All right, Ghostface, go ahead and give us the slash word of the night. So the boys need another slash word. (laughs) The slash word is ghost face. All right. Awesome. I hope you all got that. Fill your tiki cups and away we go. All right. So, yeah, um, that's such a freaking shame that that so much was spoiled because, like, who cares? Right. Who cares about everything like that, that, that I have to feed my need to, to, to know I have to like, like really, I have to overconsume like all the information. I just ruined it for an entire generation. Here we are. I don't know how many years later, I don't know math, but a quite <laughs> substantial amount of time after. And I'm over here thinking, what if we would have seen the original, uh, intention, uh, I don't know. Could it have been better? Would it have been worse? Who knows? But like nobody, it, no, it's like uh, someone took a, a picture of the Mona Lisa before it was done and went and showed everybody, hey, look what Leo, Leonardo's doing. Look at him. Look at him. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. And he's like, well, shit, now I got to do something else. You know, I'm not saying that the original <laughs> draft by Kevin Williamson was going to be the Mona Lisa, but you never know. Yeah. I, I will say, and there are some articles out there that you can read. A lot of people think that we got a better version because it was spoiled. We got away from something that was repetitive of the boyfriend and friends, you know, going after Sydney. Hmm. Um, I actually do like this ending. No, I have uh, no problem with the ending. I just like, I, I uh, you know, we're artists and, you know, you want to be able to let your creative juices flow. Why not? Like, if that's my original motivation let's see it so you either you know you either love it or you hate it but you know so we got a good alternative um i guess that's this that's the theme with a sequel right you're like well okay i got maybe i was kind of you know resting on my laurels a little bit maybe i got to really up the ante so yeah maybe we did get the better end product but i guess we'll never know i don't remember that he kind of wrote the sequel with the first one so it was all one giant story so now we've changed that up 
Now we've got, we, we kind of limit down the killers a little bit. We have some variety in the story, which I, I think it plays into what the movie's about, the tropes, right? And yep. the, the real world tropes are now kind of colliding in the sequel. But and it, it has, and you got to up the stakes. Too. It has to be sequel tropes. You have so what? What like famous horror sequels can we just like you know re, you know talk about right now? It's like uh, okay, so Halloween two, right? We still got the killer, and but in this case, and I, it's what some people like. It's what sets him apart. Him, sorry, uh, it what sets Ghostface apart. Mm-hmm from other boogeymen in their respective franchises is that it's never the same killer. Yes. If if it's Nightmare on Elm Street, it's always Freddy Krueger. If it's Friday the 13th, it's always Jason Voorhees or Mrs. Voorhees or Roy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Under the breath. <laughs> I, come on. Uh, but, if it, and, but if it's Halloween, it's always Michael Myers. And one, it's always- one thing to, to piggyback on that, the great point of that, is in this franchise, every ghost face is completely different. This is the one of the most clumsy fuckers I've oh ever seen. Oh my gosh, for real though. <laughs> yeah, like, he's yeah. like tumbling over the couch all the time. Like he is the most, this and Scream 2, he is the most clumsy you'll probably see him in the franchise. I think that's what's also uh, a little bit like, um, you know, may, I guess maybe endearing is the word I want to use about the him as a killer is that like if he gets you like wait, if Jason gets you, adios, you know, yeah. make, you make your peace with God and go <laughs> Michael to Freddie. Like you might have like a laugh here and there that, as he's using you as a marionette. But uh, <laughs> with Ghostface, you're like, ah, I could probably get away. You know, I mean, Tatum really gave him the business yeah. in the original Sydney. Obviously, you know, uh, you got to realize that the original killers are just two high school dudes, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, they were like, they get kicked and you know, they fall. It's, I always love seeing Ghostface eat it personally. Yeah. Like when he falls, he just kind of really goes overboard. And I love that. There's shit. such a great human element to him. And then another thing I love, and we'll talk even more down the line about the Scream franchise is the way that Ghostface always moves, even though it's a different characteristic to it. He's always a fast paced, He's one of the only uh, icons that will like run after you. You know what I mean? He's I got. Mean, I do. I do. <laughs> there's a human element to him that I love. Yeah, we're gonna get into the movie real quick uh, right away. But like, just so you all know, like, there's something funny about s- certain dip, uh, portrayals of Ghostface when they like because you know, he's like uh, right. They call him Father Death at one point. Mm-hmm. Like the 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 early uh, costume thing says like Father Death. If someone chooses to like open their arms wide and like run, it's like, you know, yeah. I think it's like if there's something, something kind of hokey about it, but it's a cool it Halloween costume element. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I kind of dig that, but there's such a human element to Ghostface That's so cool. The voice is always the same. The costume is almost always the same besides the TV series. But right. Um, I mean, but I it's a different character in his physicality, which is cool. But he always is a fast paced human or she. Human. Well, you said he is a. I said human. Oh, you said human. Okay. Fast-paced human <laughs> running around and, and pronouns, knock, pal. <laughs> knock, knocking into you know everything and stumbling and falling over. And you're right. He takes. Uh, no, there is a. There is a. There, <laughs> there is a. Uh, uh, <clears throat> a default man. Uh, I don't know, like. Uh, essence about him mm-hmm. you know if, it, if the original was called father death there isn't you know but you know as as the series does show you don't count your chickens like it could be a man it could be a woman it could be whatever you know that's i think that's what's 
also very appealing to fans of this series is that it can be anybody. Yeah. You know? The but, whodunit um, is so much fun. Yeah. You're listening to Dead Candy. Dedicated entertainment for the dead. Hola, ghoulos! It's me, Raul El Ghoul. And I'm coming to you to ask you, follow me on El Instagrams at Raul El Ghoul. Or, in Espanol, at Raul El Ghoul. Anyway, I am the newest creature feature ghost host with the most. I know all the things of is spooky things and that's the story I'm sticking to it. If you want to laugh, you can come there too. Because if I wasn't called El Ghul, I'd be called Raul El Funny. Follow me on any Instagrams at Raul El Ghul. Hey, when it comes to ghosts hosts and spooky stuff, you can do a lot worse than Raul. But it doesn't get much better. Don't be a stupid. Be a gulo. Adios. But let's jump into the movie. Um, we're gonna we're gonna try and keep this as uh, you know detailed oriented when it matters. But I do specifically want to talk about scenes that st- have stuck with me from this movie. Great. Uh, I'm gonna jump right away into the opening. Okay. Because maybe it's hitting me different now, Lance. I don't know, man. I see a classic theater. That's the Rialto, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's yes, like it the marquee is classic. You could, I, I can smell. How about this? I can smell the theater as soon as they walk into it. Hmm. Like, I can. I know the smell, the pub, the buttered popcorn. I don't know. Maybe I just, I guess I were just, it's that longing. We haven't been into a theater in so long. Um, but there's just the, the opening is, uh, okay. So in this sequel, they are continuing their whole meta thing where they're breaking the fourth wall. Cause this scream two within it features a movie made about the original murders, right. which is called stab, stab. which is eh, not too bad. You know, <laughs> uh, it's not too bad. Uh, I do like the original stab, um, uh, poster is he's, he's green and it's just him with the knife it's really cool looking but it opens with jada pickett smith mm-hmm. and omar epps uh a couple going to watch a movie and she's established she's like i'm not into horror movies and we could all relate to somebody who's like that and whether it be you know whatever yeah whatever person not everybody this is not hitting everyone um but you know you do what you do for your partner and it's like, let's go watch a horror movie right and she's like i wanted to watch the sandra bullock movie i, lo- I like yeah it's cool but it's also like if you look at this movie through the lens of like all that is written is made to be a parody of itself, Mm -hmm. then it is phenomenal. You know, even the argument that they're having, it's like such like a a trope of an argument. Anyway, uh, they're having this massive, massive viewing of stab. Yes. Like there's props, there are searchlights, they're giving out the costume. You know, people are wearing the costume. There's stab a vision, yes. which is like you know, uh, harken back to the days of when uh, you know, uh, you know, they, uh, 
I forget the movie, but they would release like shoots of air at your feet. Oh yeah, the full, like 4D movies, but like yeah. way back. Yeah. yeah, they would just like like shoot air at your feet and you're like, and they would turn off all the lights or like, it's in the crowd. Don't move, but scream, scream for your lives. You know, right. it's like, I love <laughs> shit like that. It's kind of, yeah, it's hokey, but then you go into the theater, they go into the theater and it is a fucking madhouse. <laughs> I would be pissed if I went into a theater like that. Holy shit. I'm, I'm excited right up until they open the doors. And I'm like. Anxiety ridden. I'm going to leave. Yeah. I would leave. I, I, it's not that I'm like, oh, no, because, you know, you're saying, well, you know, someone's going to die eventually. I'm out of there. No, I'm leaving because I'm not going to enjoy the movie. Right. With, they have ghost faced on wires yes. just <laughs> just going up the crowd yeah there's from something the, from, cool about it yes. but at the same time no like, it's not watch a movie that's something that you do 10 years after the movie if it's great you know what i mean it's like the, yeah, it's like a rocky horror thing right like yeah. it's something that yeah you have fun with later but this thing this theater gives me so much anxiety because I'm, I'm the same way i would have walked right out i'm like i don't need popcorn dumped on me i don't need everyone wearing the costume no. and reacting to every single thing in the in the movie so well, it's like when they show those uh videos of right people reacting to the avengers end game yes. and it's like they're yeah that's kind of cool because that's a 10-year odyssey that you like you know coming to a, an yeah. end but at this point, I'm like, all right, they're kind of overdoing it a little bit. Right, but yeah. it's it's fun ish. Again, it, it, it reminds me so much of the MTV era. And by the way, the person that's handing out the costumes to Omar Epps and everyone actually won a contest on MTV to be a part of the movie. So that was her role. Um, awesome. At least she got in the movie. We don't, we still don't know who won the Halloween Resurrection cause, contest. Yeah, we can't we can't forget that. Remember <laughs> they had a remember they had the contest. And yeah, somebody was supposed to be able to get into. the Well, movie. I remember seeing the the documentary of, but I don't remember where she was in the movie. But anyway, yeah. So this is a big part of MTV era. I think uh, Scream, the first Scream, actually won Best Picture for MTV Movie Awards. Ah, so, uh, yeah, baby. So yeah, it's, it's all connected into. Uh, our our society and like the way we th- we especially us oh, are yeah. seeing things. I mean, Scream and MTV are one big thing. Enter Jada Pinkett and Omar I mean, she, Epps. So but. so Jada Pinkett is, is she's I mean and Omar Epps, but she's huge at this point already, right? Like she's is yeah. it like they're trying to get the Drew Barrymore effect of where they put right. a big star in the beginning, and if you're like, all right, this is a sequel she should probably or one of them is probably going to get it uh so you're kind of waiting for it um and you know they do both of them yeah but then you're like oh okay and it was it's refreshing and i will say this it's refreshing for like you know being uh a person of color and like watching a movie that you're like yes yes get in there i you know, I hate that you died in the first two minutes of it, <laughs> yeah. but like, cause like there's that trope where it's like, okay, look, there's a, fa- uh, there's a group of five friends and you got the one, you know, uh, black friend or the one, you know, Hispanic friend or, or whatever. You're like, all right, well, what's the idea is like, they're going to die first. Right? right. And you're like, oh, well let's see. And then they die first. And you're like, shit. Yeah. Okay. But oh, you know, one thing I got to say about Jada Pinkett, um, I, I used to go to a lot of metal shows. She was actually in a metal band. That's right. Wicked Wisdom. Yes. And I remember uh, hearing that. Yeah. I actually was at one of her first shows and I had no idea who the band was or anything. Was I kind of singer. I kind of heard whispers. Yeah, she was a singer. So the whole band comes out, starts playing music, and then Jada Pinkett comes out. And I'm like on the rail. Like, hey, like it was one of the first bands to play. She comes out. She has such a presence yeah. about her. Like she is five foot nothing, probably, but her presence is so huge. I was kind of like, 
Wow. Because when you think metal music, you think either long hair or bald dude with a huge beard right. you know, screaming into a microphone. But she just commanded such a cool presence. It was so cool to see her that close and be like, wow. And she has the same presence in this film, I think, where she gives a great perspective from you know her side of things, from that community side yep. of things. Like, yep. uh, So seeing her in this part was so cool. And then she actually gets gutted in the movie theater and everyone's just kind of cheering it on. I mean, because like they're handy. <laughs> Wait, real quick about uh, her in the metal band. So she was a singer, but was she like, you know, like, uh, you know, was it like road destruction, destruction? Or was she like, you know, Evanescence or like, which, how, how, what was there her was style? More, there was more melody to it, but I mean, she would, you know, kind of yell a little bit, not, not the growling death metal kind of stuff, but <laughs> destruction, destruction. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like cannibal corpse. It's more evanescence. E. I mean, she's not that good of a singer, but anyway, right. anyway, yeah, uh, let's get to her death. Because yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's wake me up inside. Um, <laughs> I rolled my eyes at myself. You now did. I'm meta. I'm breaking my own fourth wall where I'm like, stop. Okay. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Omar Epps says he's going to go to the bathroom. Uh, his character has to go to the bathroom. And then while like, here's the thing. Everyone's wearing the ghost face mask, which is a cool thing. It's like, oh, cool. Like anybody could be anybody or like, you know, this would be the perfect time for somebody to lose their damn mind. And uh, he gets killed in the restroom because, you know, he goes into the stall. To obviously, uh, use it and he hears something that's going on. He like, puts his ear to the, by the way amazing aim by Ghostface in the other stall because if you put he puts his head up against the wall to like listen I think he hears like a girl giggling in the men's bathroom so he's like what's going on and just gets stabbed in the freaking temple yeah holy okay in a little bit I'm gonna ask you about the rules right because there there were rules to a horror movie how to survive there are rules to sequels right mm -hmm. um I think one of the rules is the the deaths have to be more vicious there has to be more of them. Yeah. Uh, the killer has to be stronger. So the first, right off the bat, first murder, stabbing through a restroom stall into a man's head. And just like, I always had a, like trouble with this death just because I was like, how aren't you supposed to instantly die when you, if you like your brain just, you know, gets some sort of a hemorrhage like that. But then again, like he, he does die pretty instantly. Like he's like kind of freaked pretty out quickly, and yeah. hits the floor. Yeah. There's, but, there's people that survive brain injuries like that. I like guess, a stab to the brain? It's possible. Lesion. Lesion in the temporal lobe. There Sorry, I just uh, watched The Exorcist. So, <laughs> Anyway, uh, so so he, everyone was given this costume, so now Ghostface, fresh off of killing him, takes his mask and goes and rejoins Jada Pinkett in the crowd and you know she's like doing the, it's almost like halloween five it's almost halloween one you know bob the ghost and michael myers is actually wearing the ghost uh the sheet or whatever so it's a very much that and remember it's mayhem in this movie theater but they're starting to watch the movie and she's starting to get into it which is kind of cool yeah you know she's getting into the movie and all this stuff and you know he's not giving her any like uh you know he's doing the thing where it's the killer in the mask so he's just kind of being you know stoic and uh she at one point hugs him because there's a scary part she's like ah oh, no and then when she comes back her hands full of blood because he's bloody and when she realizes that 
she starts getting stabbed by Ghostface and yeah. she's trying to get away, but there's so much mayhem that nobody realizes because everybody's doing ah, 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 with their knives and yeah. shit. So it's like nobody's going to really pay attention to a stabbing motion, but this stabbing motion is making contact right. and she's and you know she's getting stabbed and stabbed and stabbed and stabbed and eventually she's trying to get away. She The only thing she could think of to get everyone's attention, she gets up on top of the theater uh, right in front of the screen and lets out a big or someone... It cuts away when the scream happens. So it's either her screaming or someone is screaming because they're like, who is this bloody girl? Right. Mm. But there is a blood curdling scream let out. You know, she's got a mouthful of blood. Everyone is starting to do the. Taking the mask off. Yeah. You know, they do the thing. And um, she plops down and such a contortionist, contortionist way, you know, her feet are like behind her and she like falls down dead yeah it's a great acting job by her it's a long death and the blood kind of you can hear a bubbling in her mm -hmm. mouth as she's kind of spitting it out and it takes a while for her to go but it's it's dramatic and you see everyone's face just drop yeah and that's your opening slash cut scream too yeah so we got we 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 kept on par with the original as far as like you know someone big name gets killed in the beginning um and it's a tra it's a it's a you know it's a a theme setter right it sets the theme again but you know they upped it a little bit because um you know someone got killed but two people got killed this time yeah so there yeah um two names yeah but in the original the next scene is nev campbell in her room and what's this one Nev Campbell in, in her dorm room. Yeah. Who absolutely. gets a call and it's Ghostface gets a call. Hello, Sydney. She's like, uh, who is this? <laughs> you, you tell me. And she just gets her caller ID and looks at it and tells the dude exactly who it is. It's like she's been through this again, you know. Again uh, and again and again. She's yeah. like, the movie's coming out. She's like, it'll die down. She's, you know, yeah. it's weird the things that you get used to. But yeah, that's uh that's your first couple of beats in the scene in the movie. Yeah, and it's cool. It shows the progression of her right away. We're in college, she's in a dorm room, she has a roommate. Uh mm -hmm. There's even a Freddy reference in this one. There's a little sweater, I think, in the corner. Of course, there uh, has to be. Because, you know, Wes is back for the whole thing. But I just, as far as, like, it's setting the table, I love the the that opening scene. It's iconic. It, like, it can hit you in different, you know, even, like, when Jada goes to, like, order uh, food at the concession stand mm -hmm. and, like, you know, someone behind her says, no, this is actually a true story. So, like, there's things that, like, are, it's a great scene. I love it. Yeah, it's very realistic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if this really happened in real life, that's the commentary is always constant. I think Kevin Williamson does that superbly. Like oh, yeah. in everything that he does, he has a great commentary on things. And this movie and this franchise is another one of those things. So they seem, they seem pretty much, they seem grounded, which is very important. You want mm -hmm. your characters to kind of live in some sort of reality. But at the same time, there are rules to the sequel. So I already mentioned one rule, which is... Uh, you know, there's going to be more deaths. Yeah, body count has to body be count has to be up. And uh, now it's going to it's it, it, the killer can be more than one, more than two people. The original was two people. It could be a man, woman, doesn't matter like that. Though These are like everything is changed, but it's still the same in the sense of like you're going to still deal with a familiar face. But the killer him it, itself is almost stronger. More indestructible, yeah. right? Yeah, more theatrical, which yep. we get in this as well. And it can be anybody. Again, I mean, it's a whodunit franchise, but at this time, you're supposed to up the stakes. So now it can be anybody, including the original survivors from the first Scream, from Woodsboro. 
So, I mean, that's what we set up. Randy is back. Randy Meeks is back Randy's setting back. the stage. He's in film class school. Um, so, like, okay, so they're at the same college, Randy and Sydney. Yes. Right? Uh, but it's a big college. It's a huge campus. It's established. There's uh, a Greek fraternities and sororities. So, you know, it's not, I don't think it's a specialized school. Like, it's, it's, I don't think it's a film school. But what we do have is... Uh, <laughs> Okay, I went to to a big university and I got a theater degree and I've gone back and forth about what? <laughs> no, keep going. I, I just kind of gone back and forth about like, you know, sometimes I feel like there's certain things that probably would have been better learned and or experienced at like a uh, like an art school, like a, a mm-hmm. an acting school. Right. But I went to a big university uh, and. You know, we did some of the classes that Randy finds himself in. And I was just like, (laughs) I wasn't footing the bill. My poor parents were paying, obviously, for all my college. And it's just like, they're in this class. And they just set it up, right? And the class is filled with, like, all the stars, right? Timothy Oliphant's in there. Yes. Uh, Randy, which is uh, Jamie Kennedy. Joshua Jackson, like you said. Yep. And Sarah Michelle Geller. So, like, they're all in there. Buffy's in there. <laughs> yeah. uh, Charlie from Mighty Ducks is in there. Uh, Deadwood uh, for Timothy Oliphant. So, anyway, they're in this classroom. And the, the professor, he's just, yeah, l- l- come on, guys. Let's rap. Let's rap. Let's talk about stuff. They're well aware of the murder, right? Yeah. They're talking about the murder as if it's like something that they just discussed in a chapter reading. Or well, because stab like is coming or has come out. The premiere has happened, and there was a stab. There was a stabbing coordinated to the movie, so yeah. it's real life and movies. And then we turn into sequels, right? So they're having discuss. Okay, just let's just get over that. That's my big thing about this setting <laughs> is that they're having this talk about movies, and I'm like. The money who's paying per minute for this conversation to happen is just like, you know what, guys? I actually like this movie and I like this movie. No, 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 no. Go out and, you know, make the movies. You know, don't be in. The- anyway, anyway, that's just me just because I'm like, that's a lot of money to just be talking about movies. But yes, we're talking about sequels. So they start to talk about sequels. And I'm going to pose this now question to you, Lance. And here we go. Lance doesn't know what's coming, I don't think, but he might because he knows the movie. And please join us in the comments if you want to talk about what sequel do you think, Lance, surpassed the original? I will probably go down the same path that this conversation in the movie goes down. I think Godfather 2 is debatable for being maybe slightly better than the original. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go down the Star Wars path, but there's always, the, Randy always has a, a reason for kind of coming back on these things. So, not, so, not a sequel part of a trilogy, blah, blah, blah. But that's the thing. Like Randy takes the point that sequels are going to be, and you know, it might be a little Wes to throwing it in. It, oh, it's yeah. a lot of Wes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because that, but I'm going to fight the, the idea that part two of Nightmare on Elm Street was not good. Because it was phenomenal. Oh, do you know how to love me? Yeah. Come on. That's the, we'll get to that eventually. But um, oh, you know, man. Wes made the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. And they New Line really screwed him over and didn't give him his due. They, you know, eventually fixed it down the line. But the second Nightmare on Elm Street is almost laughable in it, you know, as far as like being compared to the original. So they have this conversation, and I do I do agree with you uh, with Godfather 2. Um, I personally 
think that there's actually been some newer sequels that have surpassed the originals. But technically, it is a prequel, so I don't know. There we but go. The technicalities, though. I know. There's Randy so much, Meeks. I, I am Randy. I'm Randy because he's like. Yeah, then he starts doing impressions, and I'm like, okay, so I'm I'm Randy. Here's another fun fact of that, by the way. <laughs> there's a scene where Randy Jamie Kennedy breaks down into an English accent. What the hell is that about? <laughs> so I read he was on like a podcast or a show or something, and they reran this scene from from the movie to him, and he's like, "I don't know what the hell I was doing. There was no reason for me to do this English accent." And they just let him do it. And they just let him do it, and they <laughs> kept that that cut from the scene. It was so funny. I mean, it, it, they it let adds, so much happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. These characters got to do what it they adds wanted. To him, it he, adds to him. He got the role because he ad libbed. Yeah. That's why he got the role versus somebody else that uh, was a pretty big actor back then. But um, and he continued to ad lib even in this. He actually gets the 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 quote from Aliens wrong. The other person says it right. He says it wrong, corrects them, and then he even ad libs it because he knows that he's wrong. So what is he, it like uh, Kevin Nash? Look at the adjective, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's a verb. Um, uh, <laughs> Anyway, so uh, they say Aliens be, is is better than Alien. I agree with that. My fiance Caitlin does not. She I likes agree. the original Alien to each their own. It's Ridley Scott versus James Cameron. Another thing they say, T2 versus T1, Terminator. I love Terminator 1, and I love it more than I do Terminator 2. I am not saying that Terminator 2 is not a good movie. I think it's an amazing movie, but... Different strokes for different folks. I like the original. Another James Cameron factor with this movie, Titanic came out the same year. They had to move Titanic back because they knew that this would be more successful. <laughs> or they thought it might be more successful. They, <laughs> they did, thought. They did not want to go up against Scream 2. There's another movie that came out at the same time that moved wow. their release date because of Scream 2. Can you imagine Scream uh, 2, a sequel, Going up against Titanic, and Titanic would be the top grossing movie of all time until Avatar, and then until Avengers Endgame, and then until Avatar again. Right. So now Avatar. Uh, anyway, so stupid. I anyway. hate it. Yeah, but um, so yeah. What what do you what do you guys think? I hope you've put it in the comments. Uh, sequels that have surpassed the original. There are a lot out there. I was gonna say the Annabelle, the second movie in the Annabelle French in the series, which is Annabelle. The beginning or Annabelle creation. I can't believe I'm messing that up. It's way better than the original, but the original Annabelle is not good. So there are, there are a lot out there. So as far as this movie, there's a great big movie feel to it, especially with the success of scream, um, changing the game of horror movies. We all were, I think very thirsty for great horror films and now we're getting them again, big movie feel, the progression of um, Sydney and now all the characters have a different kind of role going on. Dewey has like kind of a, uh, not a mean streak, but he's got a little more of an attitude, especially towards uh, Gail Weathers. Right. He's also remember he was stabbed in the first movie. So now he's got this pinched nerve. He's kind of, he got this weird, um, like a limp and a, a limp and an arm, like a kind of thing, which, thing. Yeah. So, strong so he's got a, Kind of a twist to his character. Sure, um, Gail's now like super famous beyond what she was before. She's so got some streaks in her hair. We we do see someone do this uh, in a in a more recent than this horror movie where they take someone who you know went through trauma and then capitalized on it with Rob Zombie's take on Doctor Loomis in the second mm. Halloween. 
you know, he made a book. It went to his head. He, you know, he kind of got all this fame from it. So Gail Weathers, Weathers had been, has written a book in the past. She wrote the original uh, one that eventually cleared Cotton Weary's name. Um, but she's going to, she wrote, did she write a second book? Or she, yeah, because she's just capitalizing on it. Yeah, now uh, she's even more in the media. She's got uh, all this other media stuff. Her show's gotten huge. She's just a big deal now, way beyond where she was in the first one after the book. But we did mention Liev Schreiber, uh, who was just, you know, you see him as, as Cotton Weary in the original, just like on on uh, on a video. So it's like almost begs the question, would they, they were, not, not the question, but probably the assertion of what you said about Kevin Williamson is that he had always planned for the sequel to, right plan out the way it did yeah because you only saw cotton in on the tv uh, as part of the news and being transferred over now he's a big part of this and i will say he might be one of my favorite characters from this film because of his betrayal of cotton weary he comes off as yeah you know gail weathers faces him with sydney and it's this dramatic thing and sydney has no idea what's happening it's like gotcha journalism a little bit yeah and cotton weary thinks there's an understanding she's you know he's gonna forgive her for you know putting him in jail for a year and the trial and all this stuff and dragging his name through the mud turns out gail weathers never told sydney so it's this big deal and he's got this kind of stammer like uh gail you know we gail gail i thought we had an interview i love his voice man oh his voice is oh my amazing and it's so amazing to the point where every scene that he's in he sounds more and more like the ghost face phone call you know what i mean so um but in the beginning it's that stammer and like um well you know he's trying to hold something back and then the rest of the movie he's got this sinister drive to him and i love his character in this movie well i think about it right as far as you're cotton if you are him you've been imprisoned for a while uh or at least a couple of years for uh a murder that you did not commit Mm -hmm. So people will always kind of look at you like a murderer because, you know, who knows the true facts? You know what I mean? But like you have to kind of watch how you react to things right. because people are like, ah, ah, you're going to murder me. Right. You're going to murder me now. Yeah. You're losing it. Murderer. You right. Know? So like that, you see that with in Liev's um, portrayal of Cotton, you see that amazing sort of like back and forth with himself. That he's like, up. Oh, uh gail i thought we had an interview i thought it was yeah. set up don't don't walk away gail i you know he's like trying yes. to like keep his shit together and eventually you're right he 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 does take a really big turn as far as like oh shit cotton might be the killer yeah and he's because he's got a great motivation right it's- yes he wants to be you on, put me in jail. Fuck you. I'm going to kill you. It's not only that, but he also wants to be on TV. He wants his 15 minutes of fame. That's what he's asking for throughout this entire movie, basically, is and even to the end where he's like, Sydney, you're going to do that interview or what? Oh, I love you know? that. I, oh, I love that part. But it's such a great payoff for Cotton Weary in this movie. By the end of the movie, he's like, are you going to make me a star or not? And he's like, and she's like, yeah. Got it. Yeah. Boom. You know, in the movie. I, but I I, <clears throat> I love the, so many scenes in this movie. Um that I still remember. Of course, I did talk about the opening. I want to talk about one uh, death scene-ish that's uh, that's in the, you know, de- death for, yes, it's a death scene. Um, so Sydney has now been, you know, because there's murders happening and, you know, she's been given uh, uh, undercover cop detail, like to uh, oh, protection, yeah. right? So they're, they're, they're watching over her. So uh, Ghostface has already made an attempt at Sydney to kill her and they're, transporting her and her roommate 
uh, to an undisclosed location, like a safe house, basically. And they're in the back of a cop car, right? So the two cops are, are driving and, um, you know, I don't even know the logistics of making this kill happen as Ghostface. Like, he must have gone through so much just to put this shit together. <laughs> Seriously. But, you know, they're in this cop car, and, um, yeah, like, what's more secure than a police car, right? Yeah. A, a lot. But, what, like, as far as, like, if you're the prisoners, you're like, all right, well, like, you can't get to me because I'm, like, I'm, like, protected. But at the same time, I can't leave. You know, yeah. I'm kind of so they're, they're, you know, so Sydney and her roommate are in the back and these cops are, uh, I forget how, how Ghostface start, like, it, you know, it's at a red light, right? Yeah. They're kind of like making jokes back to the back seat. And even yeah. one of the guys even says like, I'll kill you or something. No, like, he's like, uh, really oh, bad joke. Like, Where are we going? Well, if we told you, we'd have to kill you. That right, old right. shit. Yeah. And then Ghostface pops up right behind the driver and takes him out. Like he breaks through the window. Yes. Yes. He stabs <laughs> him through the window. And then at one point, um, you know, uh, they're, yeah, he's driving. Right. And then one of the, the cops gets like thrown out of the window or he's on the outside of the car. Mm-hmm. And anyway, Ghostface is driving and he's driving so fast. And the cop is, is just trying to shoot the windshield. He's like, pull over, pull over. Right. And Ghostface is like, fuck it. He drives straight into like, like a construction a, zone. A construction zone that has like pipes and shit like that. What's so grotesque is that one drives itself straight through one of the cops, like yeah. back of his head, and you know, like stabs through the car. All that's fine, right? Yes, <laughs> it's all fine. No, but the part that because Ghostface is driving, he gets knocked out. Yeah, and they can't escape. The, the girls are fine as far as like they're alive. They survive the crash. Mm-hmm. But they can't get out because it's a police car. You can't open the doors and it's a little jammed. But one pipe did come through and and push down the grate that keeps, you know, the people separated. So you can push that down and climb to the front where Ghostface is sitting and is knocked out. And I swear, guys, I was watching this in the theaters and losing my goddamn mind. Because <laughs> Sydney has to get like in front of Ghostface, like to crawl over him to yeah. get out of the car. And not even that she does. She makes it. So now, okay, open the door for your roommate in the, that's in the back seat. No, the door's jammed. Of course. No, okay. So now the roommate has to do it again. So you're like, okay, Sydney, fine. She's going to die. She's going to get, she's going to get got right now. And she makes it all the way through. Right. You're like the tension. Cause the, the tension's great. Cause he's breathing. They know that he's alive. Right. And I swear if you watch it, cause they do a lot of close-ups of the mask, you can see Ghostface eye slightly open watching them, but you gotta look really close. I mean, and we're saying he a lot because this one is definitely the he yeah, of, of the two killers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they get through, they get out. You're like, Oh, finally they, uh, they made it right. But then Sydney and, she has that moment where she's like, ah, I, re- I need to know who it is. Like, why didn't you pull off the mask right then and there? Right. Yeah. So when she goes back to check on the car, she's like, I got to know who it is. And her roommate's like, no, let's go. Let's go. She checks it out. Ghostface is gone. She's like, he's not here. Of course, the roommate stayed over there down the street. She's like, what gets killed by yeah. Ghostface? Yeah, it was, a, it was a great scene. Um, I mean, there were, there's a lot of people that will say like, how the hell did Ghostface go all the way around the building to come around? Blah, blah, blah. But who cares? That's it's a, a great- rule of the sequel. 
though. Right. That yeah. he is he's more mythical, more magical, yes, the, you know, the killer less is unexplained. Everywhere. Sorry, more unexplained. Right. And in the third one, he'll become supernatural. But yes. in this one, you gotta raise the stakes and all that kind of stuff. So this scene is really dramatic and fun and you know, and we have a great survivor girl moment where she's like, I'm done running, you know, Nev yeah. Campbell has that moment. I'm done running. I'm going to go take care of this. End it now kind of a thing. And nope, we're still going. And another thing, the characteristics of Ghostface, you're starting to see him more. When we see CeCe's death, it turns into the party across the street, mm-hmm. which, you know, all of them go over. Like Ghostface is attacking like left and right. Right. And it's becoming like a super fast paced movie. And then you'll get like a breath of fresh air. And then it's another one. So when he chases Sydney out of this scene, he stops. You know, I, yes, I actually yeah. really like there's something to that. I was like, huh, there's a plan. You know what I mean? Like, also, I know where you're going to go. It also depends on which ghost face it is, right? right? Is it, okay, here it comes. Big reveal. Spoiler. One of the killers is Jimmy. Is that his name? No. Um, <laughs> What's his name? Re- uh, Mickey. Sorry. Mickey. And it was like an ingy, yeah. you know, at the end. Mickey, who is Timothy Oliphant, who is just, he's just a, a film student, but part of the little clique that is Sydney, her roommate, Randy, uh, Sydney's boyfriend, and uh, Mickey. They're yeah. like in this little clique. By the way, just so you all know, Jerry O'Connell is a good looking dude in this, you know, in, 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 this is his heyday when everyone's like, dang, Jerry, what's up? You know, is it with his shirt off? That's Vern from Stand By Me, the little <laughs> chunky kid. Yes, Vern, Verno, no one believes in myths and goochers. It's baby stuff. Anyway, I just wanted to say that Jerry Connell's Vern from Stand By Me. The reason that he got this role, by the way, is because they it came down to two people. They had to audition uh, the cafeteria scene where he's singing in front of oh everyone. Oh my God, what a scene. Uh, he, there's just like fun facts because this will come around later. Uh, he gives his Greek letters, which is like a necklace. It's like a big no-no. It's in a big sororities. no-no in the thing. Yeah, so he gives that to Sydney to, you know, confess his love and all this stuff. The brothers come after him, take him away, have a big party on the stage of, yeah. of the college and um, all this kind of stuff. And that's yeah. where Sydney ends up after the car scene. Well, just also, uh, Sydney has decided that she's going to pursue theater. So she's involved in acting and, and is uh, in a sh- she's in a play. What's the play? Oh, my gosh. Uh, it's The Fall of Troy. Oh, right. It's the, one of the greatest stories in literature. I wanted a director like that. So I had some awesome directors in college. Mm. Uh, but, you know, this uh, her director is so fantastic. It's like one of those directors is like, I don't believe you. Make me believe what you're saying. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Like as an actor, you want to get pushed around physically no um so yeah she ends up at the you know that's where she was rehearsing earlier and got a little scared because she thought she saw ghost face and it's a culmination she's back at the end um she's at the theater where she she's kind of suspected it has been uh her boyfriend the whole time but there he is he uh drunk and passed out because they made him like drink what you know a lot of beer and stuff like that so he's like he was gonna, gonna leave him there for opening night he's on one of the props and it's revealed right away Mickey is one of the killers because he comes out mm-hmm. and he puts doubt in Sydney's mind. Yeah, right she's away. about to untie her boyfriend and he's like, uh, oh, Sydney, are you sure you could trust him? Uh, how did I how did I get here? Like I had to have help. Yeah, thanks, partner. And, yeah. He calls him yeah, partner flat out. He just out. straight up says that he's the other killer and he's like he gets mad. He's like, I'll fucking kill you. I'm going to kill you. And he's like, uh, no, you're not. He <laughs> shoots him. Yeah. Kills. And like, it's, I think what's so sad about that moment, it's such a sad moment because like in his last moments 
of life, his girlfriend didn't believe him. Right. And that's sad. Yeah. And I think Sydney actually had some actual like love for him. I think she wanted to trust him and he was a good guy at the end mm. of the day, you know, even though he was originally supposed to be the killer. But um and then we get we get Timothy Oliphant, Mickey's whole idea of what's gonna happen. It's all about the trial, right? Yes. It's, it's the real world trope kind of coming in of committing these crimes so that I can get my fame. Yeah, because like at that point we've already been through the OJ trial and multiple trials about like, you know, they cut if it's so scandalous, they they cover it 24-7. So he's like, you know, he's got his idea. He's like, it's all about the trial. I'm going to blame the movies. He's going to say that that's going to be his defense. You know, he's saying that, uh, what is it? Bob Dole and the Christian coalition will pretty much be begging to pay my, uh, lawyer fees, which is like, you know, kind of, I mean, much as things change as much, they say the same, like right. a lot of that shit is still obviously true. Uh, yeah, he was going to do, he was going to take that stance. He's like, Oh yeah. Horror movies made me this way. So, but there has to be another killer. There just has to be because there's two scenes at one point that are going off, and the killer is taking out two groups of people. Yeah, he's, a, he's a, Gail uh, and uh, Dewey were together, and they're that's know. right. So poor Dewey. Uh, there's one point where Gail and Dewey rekindle a little bit, and they get off course when they're about to, when Dewey's about to score because that's what happens when they're both going to score. Okay, David Arquette is much. Uh, Anyway, I can't even finish that. Um, they're 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 getting intimate in like the the this room, and they get attacked by Ghostface. And you're like, wait a minute, we just saw Ghostface like halfway across the city. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's not outside the realm of possibility. If you're Jason, he goes wherever the hell he wants. He transports. But for this one, it's like, oh yeah, there should definitely be two killers. Right. Dewey gets stabbed, and he very much looks like he dies. And it's a it's like it's a sad moment between. That, that's a great scene. I'm not going to discuss that one. I love that scene the way. Like, go watch it yourselves. But uh, Gail gets away from the killer from Ghostface. But then once Sydney is facing Mickey at the end, the door opens and Gail walks through. And Mickey's like, here's my accomplice. And it's Gail first. And Sydney's like, Gail? Gail? Right? And then Gail's like, uh-uh. Mm-hh. <laughs> mm-hh. And right behind her is Debbie Salt, who has been like the local reporter and has kind of been just you know she's been around the movie right it's debbie saw played by laurie metcalf yes who ends up being the second killer and you're like debbie salt who the hell is that yeah but sydney recognizes her as soon as she sees her she says yeah i'm going i'm gonna do the whole thing oh great do the whole thing here it comes she says when she sees her mrs loomis and she's like gail's like mrs loomis and everyone was like, who is this? Of course, Mickey decides to do the most ridiculous choice as an actor and scream up to the heavens and elongate his neck and say, Billy's mother. <laughs> Why did he do that, Lance? I don't know. Why you're you're the actor. That? You tell me. Th- what choice was the, that? That's cut. All right. We're going to do something. I like where you went. We're going to try something else. That's what, as <laughs> if I'm Wes, I'm going to, it's so weird. But at the same time, it probably fits because it's so weird and iconic. And I'm talking about it. You're, you're starting to play with the psychology of him, right? Like, is he really losing his mind? Is there really just motive to get your 15 minutes of fame? And Sydney kind of gets into him like, you're just a psychopath, you know. And but even uh, Mrs. Loomis says that she found him on like a psychopath yeah. forum, paid for him to go to college, you know, so that he can infiltrate. She f- 
you know, footed the bill for this whole thing. And she's like, all right, Mickey, this ain't going to, your whole trial shit ain't going to work. Right. And she, she shoots him. She, yeah. You're done. It was such a quick, like, eh, it's not really going to happen. Like you're done. And basically folks, slashers, that's the motive of the movie. Billy's mother is going, is trying to kill Lori. Lori. Whoa. Wow. Your wolf. Yeah. Is trying to kill Sydney. I, Lori, cause of Lori Metcalf. That's why it was in my mind. Yeah. Not Lori Strode. Um, Tranquil City because it's just straight up 100% unadulterated revenge. Yeah. That's it. She That's wants, it. you killed my boy, I'm going to kill you. Boom. I like some some sub- simplicity in this. Why not? The best stories are the simplest ones or right. the explanations are the best. The, yeah, you know. I, I, I mean, I would have also been happy with the payoff of Cotton Weary kind of being it, even though I think he's the one that you peg the whole time. And that's the fun part is uh, we can always go back and be like, who did you think it was the, the whole movie? You know, I, I, my room, my, Scream experience was ruined, but Scream 2, I, I want to say, I probably thought it was Cotton the whole time. Well, Cotton does have a revealing moment, right? Which one? At the end. Oh, I, oh you talked about it already. Yeah. yeah, yeah. His motive of, yeah, are you going to give me my 15 minutes? Are you going to give me my interview with, uh, was it? Diane Sawyer. Diane Sawyer, right? Yeah. It's Diane Sawyer. And Sid- it's, it's, uh, of course, you, like, <laughs> my... Sydney's at this point in her life, her mom has been murdered yeah. by her boyfriend mm-hmm. and her friend, and she's been attacked. And people, you know, are always all up on like, like always like uh, pranking her and ruining her life. She's like, yeah, I would like to move furthest away from this as possible. No, I don't want to have a sit down with you and Diane Sawyer. And also like kind of probably be like, it's like that one with uh, Robin Givens and Tyson, where they just kind of like uh, they had a sit down and like, they paint Tyson in such a terrible light. It's oh. an interview. I can only imagine they probably would have been like laying into Sydney. Don't you feel bad for sending him to jail? She's like, no, I'm not going to do that shit. Yeah. So at the end, you know, Mrs. Loomis has got Sydney, got her, you know, the gun to her head. And, you know, Cotton's like, what the hell is Sydney? What's going on here? And she's like, uh, he's like, I guess that Diane Sawyer uh, interview is looking pretty good right now. And she's like, mm-hmm. you got it. Consider it done. Right? Yeah. And bam, shoots yep. uh, Mrs. Loomis, and that's uh, Cotton's redeeming quality. Yeah. Or redeeming moment. Saves yeah. the day. There's still a dark motive to him, but at the end of the day, he is kind of the hero in this one. So uh, I love his story. I love his character, and this one's probably my favorite from the movie because I just had him pinned the whole way, and it's just a cool character. That I just been, like that him That would have been lot. fine, Lance. I would have been totally fine if it was Cotton because, like, he, he would have nailed it, by the way. Yeah. Because uh, he already was, as the not killer, just a creepy dude. Yeah. Lee F. Schreiber was. So uh, if there is one thing, I mean, there, I mean, if I wanted to be an ass about it and be detailed, I could find a couple of things in the movie that I didn't particularly care for. But my fiance and I agree on this one wholeheartedly. It's that end shot. I hate it. I hate that above play collective soul her walking out uh, you know try sydney walking out triumphant but it's like i don't like it you I know what song it. was that was planned from the beginning but you know what song was supposed to be with arms wide open no no that was the next movie uh <laughs> bittersweet symphony oh my gosh yeah. hey that's a tie-in cruel intentions yes sarah it is michelle sarah michelle geller unfortunately the song was too expensive for the production of scream 2 so they had to pick this other song but then they asked the artist to add some cello to fit the movie the soundtrack and the credits it's the most bizarre soundtrack i've ever heard really it's yeah there's like four or five songs there's like a rap song in there there's just all these bizarre choices and different genres yeah, yeah, it's screen two what you know it's like, something like yeah it's something like oh, that it's like actually. a rap about the movie kind of <laughs> 
I love it. You know, so uh, it's kind of a bizarre mix after that. But yeah, you're right. The shots kind of plan from the beginning of this, like, oh, we got our survivor girl and play this sweet tones rock song. And we both know that if you're going to end a slasher movie that is a part of a franchise and you want to end it with a rock song at the end, there's only one song to choose. And which one is that? Come and see me at the end of Halloween six. You know, what's funny is the, the other tie in with this song and this ending with cruel intentions. It's the same song. It's the same ending with Reese Witherspoon. Do you remember she's driving in uh, Sebastian's car at the very end? Cruel intentions. It's Reese though. Yeah. You know who I'm imagining? The girl from the craft. Okay, go on. Please. So it's Reese Witherspoon. She auditioned. She was considered for the role of Casey in Scream 1, and she auditioned for Cece and a couple other characters in this movie and didn't get it. Really? So yeah, there's America's your, Sweetheart? There's your other tie-in. Wow. Pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. That's, yeah it, it does feel very much like Cruel Intentions, mm-hmm. or Cruel Intentions feels like this anyway, but I, I don't I hate that shot. I was just... Especially it, for a horror film. Yeah. Like, there's so much more you can do with it, but... Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's Scream 2. That is Scream 2, the sequel. We loved it. We absolutely loved it. I'm speaking for you because I think if we found anything bad about it, we probably would have talked about it. Yeah. No, we, we both loved it. Danny, how many stabs do you give Scream 2? I will give Scream 2 a solid four stabs. Yep. I will as well. Good, good call. Yeah. All right. <sighs> that's Danny. I'm Lance reminding you to lock your door, bolt your windows, and nice streaks. Join us next time in our Slasher's Paradise. And with a red right hair. I want to go make this. Hey, did you hear anything you like? Thanks for listening to Slasher's Paradise tonight. Did you know that you can watch our podcast? Where? YouTube.com. If you go to YouTube.com, look up Slasher's Paradise, you'll find the Dead Candy page. And there you can see all of our podcasts, as well as a few shorts that Danny and I have put out. While you're there, please subscribe. And while you are listening here, go ahead and find yourself that rate and review button. Five stars is what we would love for you guys to give us. And you know what? If you can't think of anything to say in the review, why don't you go ahead and put some recommendations and or requests of horror movies that you would love for us to talk about. If you'd like to find out more information about Slasher's Paradise or Dead Candy, the producer of our show, you can head over to facebook.com slash Fix. That's D-E-D, Candy Fix. Here's to you guys. This is Slasher's Paradise. Sorry, I had to work that in. And I'm going to drink on that.